Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and we're going right to the phones. Joining us, one of our favorite contributors, uh, Mr. Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well. But before we move on to the report, I'm sure you uh, we've been talking quite a bit about Tommy Scarless. I'm sure you heard that. Yep, I, I heard just for a minute there, just for a minute, yep. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've competed against Tommy when your tournament days, and he's a great person, and he's in for the fight of his life. So if people would uh, just wish him well on Facebook, I think there's a GoFunding. Tommy's an icon in the fishing industry, and we want everybody that's involved to at least wish him well because uh, he's in for the fight of his life, and he's too young to be facing this. Absolutely, Terry. And, yeah, I, th- I think he's getting a lot of support from a lot of the pros around the country. Uh, and I think, yeah, following along on Facebook via that is, is, is a huge thing to try and stay in touch with it and kind of follow along with everything that's happening for sure. And, yeah, Tommy is uh, is an amazing person on top of, uh, obviously, all of his skill sets. Uh, but, yeah, just a, just a great guy. He's one of those pros that I'd say, no matter what, I competed with him my first year of World Pro in 2006. And, uh, you know, a guy that would welcome you to a tour. And, you know, help you out. I mean, again, you know, competing against, you know, several, several, you know, tons of money. Um, and, you know, as a competitor, he would just help you out in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, just, just a great guy. All right. Well, let's get on to some more fun things and what's going on around here. And I know you want to talk about the fishing that's going on right here, especially the walleye fishing. Absolutely, Terry. You know, everything's happening, and uh, it's exciting. So I spent time yesterday, actually, on Cherry Creek and Chatfield. Uh, I've been hitting the front range a lot, and I'll tell you, everything's kind of waking up, uh, per se. You know, that water temperatures now, you know, you get a, a surface warm from almost up to 60 degrees on those real warm days like yesterday, and your true water temperatures right around that 50 to 53 mark. But, you know, obviously, surface temperatures are hitting 60 at the peaks of the day, um, and it's really bringing on a lot of bites. So I'm going to kind of walk you through a lot of these bites, but just for example, you know, I was walleye fishing yesterday, a major focus just for walleyes, um, and while fishing for walleyes, our bycatch was, was through the roof. We caught big carp. We caught crappie. We caught trout. We caught a ton of bass, largemouth and smallmouth. Uh, so really, everything is really, again, we just say it kind of coming alive. A lot of those fish that, you know, are either later spring spawners, um, you're not, not really even a spring spawner at all, but um, these fish are now coming out of that deeper water, coming out of where we consider their kind of winter zones. They're coming up into shallower water, and they're very approachable. So it's nice to see that. Um, again, just everything's kind of waking up, you know, with examples of that warmer water. So we're excited to see that. Um, and again, just ups the odds for, for everyone to get out there and catch their target species of choice. So, um, yeah, the, the warmer spell this last couple of days has really done well. Obviously, cool back down again tomorrow. Uh, but once those fish start coming out of that deeper water, I don't really see them retreating. Um, again, once those, especially like the smallmouth at Chapman, once they come out of those deeper water structures and they come into that pre-spawn areas and into some of their spawning sites, um, you know, these fish come shallow. They're not going to retreat back. They usually don't go back in time that much. They might hang a little deeper, uh, but once they come up, they're pretty much up. So we're really seeing those bites starting to flourish and really just start to take off right now, uh, which is nice to see. Yeah, well, I think we're going to get the fishing's going to get better and better over the next few weeks. It's just going to start to explode, especially all the warm water species. Um, You're going to probably have to work a little harder for big fish as we get into the warmer water, though. Don't you agree? 
It is, you know, I mean, it, it's all the stages at which these fish, uh, you know, especially looking at like a walleye, for example, it's looking at the stage that these fish spawn. So you kind of have all those opportunities. And we say a, a big female walleye probably loses 25% of their body mass during the spawn. You know, and that's some weight from not eating as well as obviously the spawn material. Um, and that fish, when they go into pre or uh, post-spawn, they feed aggressively until they kind of rebalance their whole system and regain all that weight. So your fish that spawn in late February, early March are now kind of wrapping up their post-spawn. Um, and those fish are fairly hard to target. But our fish that spawn. You know, in the recent weeks, you know, two or three weeks ago, um, those fish are still very prevalent. So we are seeing some good fish. Last week at our walleye insanity event at Cherry Creek, it was a 26 and a quarter inch walleye that won that event. Um, and really, I would say so far this season, um, this last week has probably been my, my best week for some of the biggest fish um, of the season so far, as far as just really good fish. We're seeing, like at Chatfield on that night bite, we're seeing a ton of those mid to upper 20-inch fish. So a lot of fish in that 24 to 25-inch range and a bunch of fish in that 28-inch range. Uh, so really, it, it's going strong right now. And again, those are those fish that kind of did their the, the later portion of the spawn that are really in the peak of the post-spawn right now. It takes the fish, you know, a week to 10 days of feeding to really, really gain that energy. So the first portion of the post-spawn is good in there. They're hungry, but they don't have a lot of energy. When you kind of hit that second to third week of the post-spawn, you know, right when they, they're almost regained their full strength, um, that's when those fish are very vulnerable because they, they're still looking for food, but now they have the energy to go hunt it down. Um, so it really ups your odds as an angler of catching those fish. And we're in a good class of fish right now. They're, they're on that really mature side. They have energy, but yet they're still really aggressively feeding um so yeah we're, we're in we're in a prime shape right now for walleyes and with that being said really in the last week or so is when we open the opportunities to all of the fishing so you know take example for, for chatfield i spent a ton of time in chatfield so we'll talk about that um i have been just night fishing really these walleyes are feeding once a day all the shad gather at night they gather in that warm water so your night time has been like the right time for the for the majority of the fish if you want to go out there and have a 30 40 fish day um the night time is when that's happening that's kind of hard to do those numbers during the day but now that we have these fish again across the board in the post spawn those real early spawners that are now moving past the post spawn are now on structure so you can go to chatfield right now and you can catch fish in semi-shallow water on jigs. You can drag live bait rigs on the traditional roadbeds, things like that. And we also have this phenomenal crankbait bite at night. So it's nice because all of those opportunities exist. Same thing at Cherry Creek. It has been very a predominant lead core bite. We're trolling lead core line in the basin, pulling cranks in the deep water, very, very traditional Cherry Creek-style fishing in the spring. But just with this warmer water, and as we see these fish coming into that that later portions of the post-spawn, we're now seeing these fish up on structure. So guys are throwing blade bait, throwing plastics. We're even throwing you know, jig heads with like a nightcrawler on it. Um, and we're seeing that bait bite start to go. So, again, it's just now opening up to where you have a lot of options of angling style as opposed to a couple of weeks ago, it was very one style, one technique driven and now it's kind of opening up across the board and i think we'll see that not only at chatfield and cherry creek but some of the northern lakes boyd and uh, horsetooth should get going and i would think pueblo is probably in a pretty good place right now too pueblo is a very good place i know will dykes was down there this week 
Um, he had a bunch of fish in that mid 20 inch range. Jack, he, I mean, he had multiple fish in that 25, 26 inch range, uh, and obviously a lot of fish in that, you know, 17, 18 inch range was very traditional fish for us there. Uh, so Pueblo is fishing very well. We actually have a bass tournament coming up May 4th. Uh, people keep asking about that. Tickets actually go officially on sale uh, this coming Monday at 8 a.m. So if you're interested in bass obsession at Pueblo, uh, it starts 8 a.m. is when the tickets go on sale. We don't have a bulk order in the new format, um, so there's no rush. We wait to put those tickets on sale right before the event. Um, but 8 a.m. on Monday is when the tickets for bass obsession go on sale, and we're excited about that. As we talk about all these fish coming up, um, Pueblo is awesome because in the bass species, we have smallmouth, we have largemouth, and we have spots. And that May 4th event is kind of a prime time because – your smallmouth and your largemouth go into different stages of the spawn, so we really have a lot of options of fish. We're going to have deep fish. We're going to have super shallow fish. We're going to have a few fish already starting to show up on their beds, those real early fish. Um, so we have a wide variety of fish for this May 4th event at Pueblo as far as the bass goes. Uh, so it'll really be neat. Again, we love tournaments just for the fact that it shows you how different angling styles, different angling techniques, and you know, really the, the fish that these anglers seek out, it's neat to see what, what overall wins an event. You know, if guys go for those shallow fish, if they go for a smallmouth fish, a largemouth, um, it's going to be neat to see. And again, that event is May 4th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Uh, but it definitely, Pueblo is usually always just ahead of the curve, just as it warms up a little better. Uh, those coves warm up really nice, uh, and definitely. So, so the walleye and the bass are definitely kicking. I would say also... This is usually the week that we just barely start to see those wipers starting to kind of come out of that deeper water. So I would say in the coming week to 10 days, uh, we'll start to see those wipers kind of becoming, you know, they're more active coming out of that deeper water, coming up to the shallow water, starting to sun a little bit. And when those wipers sun, they really cruise the rocky shorelines hard. So it, it's not uncommon to see huge schools of 100 wipers you can visually see uh, cruising these shorelines and these warmer waters on these kind of flat rock shores. Uh, so I really anticipate that wiper action starting to increase at Pueblo here in the next couple of days. I got a couple quick questions before I let you go. I did get a request to somebody wants to know, are the ponds at Chatfield accessible with the uh, construction? So the ponds on the south side of the reservoir, they are accessible via walk access only. But right now, as you come into Chatfield off of the Wadsworth entrance, so we'll call it the west entrance. So you come in off of Wadsworth, you come in, you basically hit a T at the swim beach. You can go right and you can go to the old Jameson parking. So the Jameson parking, which is one parking lot, to the south of the swim beach. That parking lot is open. There's a new bathroom there. It's paved. It's beautiful. Um, but that's where the road ends. So you cannot even get the catfish flat. Um, so your your availability, you would have quite a hike to get to the pond. So the south ponds, I would say, are still not accessible. Um, now the ponds over by the dog walking area, by the spillway, so the ponds on the north side of the park, um, are open. So those ponds are open and very accessible, but the southern ponds are not right now. Um, and then there, there's a lot of information available at Chatfield. Uh, they have a whole list of dates. I'm not sure if it's on their, their Facebook page or what, uh, but you can contact Chatfield. Uh, I mean, right now, tentatively, they're hoping to open the south boat ramp June 1st. They're hoping to get the docks and the marina that they're building in the second portion of the North Bolt Ramp. They're hoping to get those out of here uh, by mid-May. So hopefully by mid-May, we'll see the North Bolt Dock becoming a little bit more accessible. And then hopefully by June 1st, we'll see the opening of that, that South Ramp. Uh, they have had some issues with a lot of frost. 
Uh, so they're you know struggling a little bit to move dirt as much as they were planning. So they are behind schedule just a little bit, uh, but they're working around the clock to try to make sure that the park is in uh, you know full working order as soon as possible. Uh, but again, Chris, the operations manager there is doing a great job, and he does have a list of all of the access uh, available to the public if you contact him. One last question, and we only got about a minute, and that's what's going on with the pike. The pike right now, so Spinning Mountain Reservoir is probably today, it's probably sitting at like 60%, 65% ice, the rest open water. Uh, 11 miles, same way, 11 miles is probably more than 70, 80% ice, if I had to guess. I haven't checked it in the last couple of days. Uh, but there, those fish right now are in full-blown spawn. Uh, the, only, the only ice availability, there's still a little guy, a couple people sneaking onto Terriol for ice. Everything else is fishing from shore. If you can access a mud flat from shore, at 11 mile, which there is those options available, uh, those fish are, are definitely in shallow water and accessible to a shore angler. Uh, but our fish definitely right now are, especially this moon right now, this is the peak of the pike spawn at Williams Fork, at 11 mile, at Spinney, at Terriol. Uh, so we're seeing those fish spawning, you know, half ice, half water, depending on which reservoir you're on. Um, so again, I think by the time we're opening the boats on most of these reservoirs, that first week of May, second week of May, we're going to start seeing a few post-spawn fish, uh, and it should be a really good year for those, those pike and i actually prefer somewhat of an ice cap for the spawn it stabilizes the system and we actually get a better take on the pike spawn under the ice cap versus the open water uh so i think we're gonna have a have a good year for for pike this coming season all right well we gotta run but thank you so much for joining us my friend and if somebody wants to book a trip it's tightline outdoors on facebook tightlineoutdoors.com yep. and of course the information on your tournaments is there too that's it. Yep. Tickets go on sale Monday morning. We'll hope to see everybody at Pueblo on May 4th. All right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. All right. Nate Zielinski. Um, I want to make a quick comment. Uh, Karen, my producer, said she has posted the GoFundMe um, for Tommy Scarless on uh, my, my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Uh, this guy's an icon, and he's just had too many curves thrown at him for as good a person as he is. And he's in the battle of his life with this brain tumor right now. He's, he's truly one of the great anglers in the United States, but also one of the great people. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to talk to the folks from Mile High Fishing Magazine on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer and a proud, proud partner to this show for almost two decades. We're going to go right to the phones. And joining us from Mile High Fishing Magazine is Eric Ali. And Eric, before I even have you talk, I got a heads up for people that um, I just got word that the the ponds on the north end of Chatfield, the dog ponds, are closed to fishing. So if you're looking for a pond in that area to fish, I'd probably go to the ones on the north on the north side of 470. There's some great fishing there. Good morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, Terry. How's it going? It's going well. Do you fish a lot of the ponds? So I, I do, and actually there was uh, there were some ponds further south. It actually, used to, before they started doing the expansion, that were inside the park that uh, you can't access right now because they're doing uh, construction. But I fished those for years and years and years. Um, that being said, those ponds that you referenced on the other side of 470, uh, they can be fantastic. I, I know of uh, quite a few of my buddies that fish there a lot. Yeah, and I, I went out checking some ponds myself this week. 
And I was looking for big bass, which this warm weather should be getting them going. And I think that they're, in fact, you're down at some ponds down south. We'll get that from you in a minute. But um, but I didn't get the big bass to move. I think it was probably more my lack of fishing ability at that moment. So I thought I'd check, I thought I'd check the panfish and the trout. And I really got into some nice panfish. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, it looked like a couple of those crappie were really nice. And that, I, I think it's hit or miss depending on the day when you're going out chasing bass. Like I've had days where I'm really, really whacking them. And then I've had other days where same thing, you know, I, I switch up on the fly and I'll target panfish or in some instances I'll target trout. Uh, but one thing that I would tell the people that are listening, you know, as bass anglers, we kind of get taught in a funk when we, we use the same stuff, you know, uh, wacky rig sinkos, jigs, the typical stuff. If you see these fish moving up shallow, don't forget about a drop shot rig especially when they're receiving a lot of pressure. And at Terry, one of your favorites I use all the time, I use two different baits. I use uh, a gulp minnow and then a bio bait leech. Those two, yeah, absolutely whack them if they're up shallow. Oh, you're absolutely right. Hey, but it's still a formal introduction. You've been on the show before, but this is Eric Ali. He's with um, Mile High Fishing Magazine. It's a new resource for anglers in the uh, Colorado area. Tell people about the the magazine. So it's, you know, it, it's just a resource of all the anglers that you can think of that we all know and love, you know, Chad, Nate, uh, Brad, uh, yourself, myself. But then there's a lot of new guys and gals that we're going to be writing too, and we want to help everybody. So if you're a tournament walleye angler, we have content for you. But we're, we're launching a new thing next week that we're going to call the one-on-ones. So let's say you're a trout angler and you want to start bass fishing. We're going to show you the knots that you need. We're going to show you, you know, the, the wacky rig sinkos, the beginning techniques, beginner techniques that are going to help you be successful on the water. So you're going to keep chasing those species and diversify as an angler uh, because I, I know that you're like I am, Terry. If we only chased one species, it, it's not that fun, right? right? But if you chase them all, then we have so many opportunities in Colorado. Uh, that's when you really start having a ton of fun and you can catch fish all year long. So basically, it's, it's a resource not only for how-tos, where-tos, but community events, highlighting, you know, people in the industry that do great stuff. Um, I mean, anything that you can think of fishing-related, if it's positive, if it helps people, we're going to be there. And if we have to go to bat for fisheries and meetings and stuff like that, we'll also talk about that. But we'd much rather talk about the fun stuff. So if I was to go right now to look at it, I would have to go to milehighfishingmagazine.com, right? Yeah, uh, milehighfishingmagazine.com. Originally, we were going to, and we might do a paper copy in the future, but the easiest way to get the content from these amazing creators to the angling public is just through the website. So right now, we've got a couple pieces we put up initially. Uh, Connor Foy, you know, I, I heard Nate and you just talking about pike fishing. Connor Foy has an amazing uh, spring pike article. And then we also have uh, Jason Duong. So I know that you've covered the Colorado Pike Fishing Club in the past. It just documents what a great job that they're doing as a nonprofit, uh, donating money. And then next week, every day of the week, we're going to have new pieces coming out on the website. So what would we look forward to over the next few days? So we, we've got bass fishing articles. We've got walleye fishing articles. Um, one of the, the gentlemen that wrote a bass piece is named Evan Bennett. He's an extremely, extremely talented young angler. Super passionate. Uh, Austin Parr with the walleye piece. Chad Lachance with a community piece that I really think is pertinent to uh, kind of the situation we have 
in the outdoors in Colorado right now. And then we're going to launch the one-on-ones as well. So, you know, if you're listeners, if you got a trout angler that's looking to, you know, expand his or her horizons, you know, be looking at milehighfishingmagazine.com. We're going to help you take that, you know, that six foot six, seven foot medium action spinning rod and do a lot more with it than you might have thought you can do with it. All right. We're going to have to run. But I, are you down in the south by the ponds? Uh, yes, sir. So I'm out here with uh, Southern Colorado Junior Bass Club. You know, Sam and Amy, they just run such a, a great program out here. We've got over 20 kids. And the winter right now, I just talked to Sam a couple minutes ago, It's uh, it, the winter's got over a four-pound bass. So oh. it's going to take a really, really big bass to win this event. All right. That's awesome. And that's the Velcro Ponds down there, right? Yes, sir. All yes, right. Sir. Well, I'll look forward to the articles. We'll have you on and promote stuff at milehighfishingmagazine.com. Keep in touch, and you and I will help get this information out to people. Awesome. Thank you so much, Terry. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for joining us, Eric. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back. We're going to talk shooting right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Now, let's see. Who might this be? Could it be the Eagles? best band to ever play in America. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones, and hopefully joining us will be another Eagles fan, and that's Corey <laughs> from Colorado Clays. You an Eagles fan? Oh, yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. See, we had a big—this goes back, Corey, to—oh, gosh, it goes back maybe— 15 years ago, he used to have a board op who was a huge Beatles fan. And him and I would argue, and I said, the Eagles are more popular in the United States than the Beatles. And he said I was that was crazy. So we did a survey, and back then people still had CDs. They didn't load up their iPods and devices. Right. And what, who had Eagles and who had Beatles and who had both? And it was 5 to 1 Eagles. 5 to 1 Eagles? Yes. Wow. I thought it would have been a little closer. We might have cheated. <laughs> anyway, good morning. Good morning. Now, let's talk about some shooting. You know, you know, talking about, I don't know if you ever have band. Do you ever have bands play out there? Oh, we've had a band once. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it was I mean, a part of an event. Yeah, well, and you, that's what we want to talk about is all the events you put on out there, and now you've even increased those capabilities. Tell us what you've got out there. Yeah, well, it's interesting. JR and I were chatting last week about, you know, this is, most people just think about this place as a shooting range, but we were reviewing the calendar for the next couple months, and I've got a wedding, a graduation party, an employee outing, picnic. So, yeah, we've got all kinds of interesting stuff going on at the shooting range. You do, and I mean, it it can incorporate, uh, you know, you've got everything, so it can incorporate some sporting clays, some skeet, or some trap if they want to stay a little more basic, and also pistol and rifle range it can incorporate, and you even have rental uh, firearms, I believe. Yeah, so we do rent shotguns, so if we've got a group of people that have never shot before, don't have their own equipment, all of that, we can, you know, we can outfit people from head to toe. Um, We don't rent pistols or rifles, we only rent the shotguns, but yeah, we can have a group come out that's never shot before and have them shooting. Now, you say you do weddings. Does, do you ever get this a real shotgun wedding? Does that ever come up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course it does. <laughs> it does. But all in fun. And they just have a good time with it. And you have a great facility. And I understand you've added something new to that facility yeah, so, to accommodate groups. Yep. What we've done is we have a permanent, uh, really nice tent or a permanent structure that's going to stay up um, all the way until October that can seat 250 people. So it's kind of changing the you know what we can do out here and how many people we can accommodate. Now, before that, what was a typical group size you would do? Well, we 
still had big groups. However, they would need to go to the trouble of, you know, having a, a tent put up and a, a lot more logistics or work on their end. And now we just have that as a permanent structure that will be on our site through um, until winter anyways. And when you do these events, you can provide them fully catered, right? Oh, yeah. We have catering, all the tables and chairs, um, yeah, everything you need to have a full event. We actually have a couple events coming up who aren't even shooting. They're, we have a big graduation party where somebody's just renting some space or you're not going to have um, a group out here for that. So, you know, of course we like the shooting. They always have that possibility, but we're actually being able to expand and, you know, host groups in some other capacities now too. Well, that's, that's awesome. And it's such a, well, and it's, it's not that far from, people think, you know, well, you're far away, but you're 20 minutes from Denver. Oh yeah, it's not bad at all. No, and it's, you get out away from things and it's, you know, nice country out there, and then you've got the shooting available, and it's just a great place. And I think you're doing some classes coming up too, aren't you? Yeah, so we're doing our um, concealed carry. We do that the first Friday of every month, and then a basic handgun course. And then we're also back in the season of offering our introductory shotgun classes. Uh, we have our next one next Saturday. I think we still have a space or two available in that. And we always keep our website updated on all of our different classes and offerings and different things we have coming up. We also have a bunch of fundraisers uh, for some great local organizations coming up, and those are on our website as well. Well, you know, and that's a great point, these fundraisers. Now, groups can... Um, use your facility to do fundraisers and keep a part of the proceeds and you work that all out. But that doesn't mean other people can't come and shoot when those are going on. They can actually come out and be part of the event and just shoot or maybe compete or maybe just enjoy the event, right? Oh, yeah. No, we've got some great causes. You know, we we have one coming up. This one was cute. I just met with a group that's going to do a fundraiser for their Little League baseball group. So people are really getting creative. You know, used to think that you just go to a golf tournament to raise money. Well, now they're using that model and hosting shoots here. And we've got Abilities Connections, um, which is a great organization, Easter Seals, Outdoor Buddies, you know, all kinds of outdoor, um, well, not even necessarily just outdoor, but all kind of great causes, you know, throughout the summer that we'll do fundraisers for. So it's a great way to, you know, raise money for your organization. And we're happy to help, you know, plan events if they've never done one before, how to structure your station sponsors and all that good stuff. Well, I heard you mention a basic handgun course, too. And a lot of people are contemplating getting a handgun for protection, whether it's in their home or concealed carry. And my biggest um, thing that I really preach to people, in fact, one of my own children is interested, and, and that is that if you're going to take on the immense responsibility of owning a firearm, you need to go through training first. First of all, you need to understand it, make sure you're comfortable, that you know the responsibilities, then you can handle it. And second of all, you want to Take a course and shoot some things be maybe before you buy a handgun so that you know what you should look for in one. Right. And we have some great staff and the two people that do our, you know, our courses here. Um, one great thing about one of them is if you're considering purchasing a handgun, she will bring her own pretty extensive collection of, of handguns out so that you can try different ones, kind of try before you buy. That way you're not just going in and, you know, having no idea if you, you know, if you want a revolver or a, what kind of, a, you know, even what style of handgun you want. And she'll kind of help you walk through the process before you even purchase one. And then once you do, you know, you can meet back with them and become familiar with how to clean it and put it together and all that good stuff. So, yeah, we have great staff that does a great job. And then our concealed carry courses include a live fire portion as well and not all the courses around town include a live fire a live fire portion right and that is so critical oh it's, it's very critical you bet so Corey, tell them how they find you so 
we are uh, 30 minutes uh, northeast of downtown Denver, outside of the city of Brighton. Our web address is coloradoclays.com. And you have a video, actually, on there that does a tour of the facility. Yeah, we do. We have a great video just right on the front of our website. All right. We will talk to you again soon. Thank you for okay, joining thanks, us. Carrie. You bet. That's Corey from Colorado Clays. We'll take a time out. We come back. We're going to talk some fly fishing right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. And we're waiting for another call. We've had a tough time with some calls today. I think the weather's way too nice, and these guys are all out playing hooky. Hopefully, uh, Chris Steinbeck will join us from uh, the Blue Quill Angler. They're having a great event on uh, May 4th also. We wanted to kind of highlight. They call it their Customer Appreciation Day. And they're going to have seminars and giveaways and a kid's corner. There's going to be rod giveaways. And I think we've got Chris there now, so let's go right to the phones. Mr. Steinbeck, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Terry. Yeah, I said we were having trouble getting callers, and I think it's too nice. Everybody's all playing hooky. (laughs) I think so. It's been pretty quiet up here in Evergreen as well. You want to know that... I was talking to somebody the other day, and they have these high school bass tournaments now, you know, where they, they can win scholarships and everything else. And when I was young, it was called playing hooky when you went fishing when, instead of going to school. <laughs> <laughs> the good days. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us. You guys have a super event coming up here in a couple of weeks. Tell us about it. Yeah, you bet. It's our uh, annual customer appreciation day. We call it our extravaganza. And basically what this is, it's a big event, free for anybody to show up. And it's uh, basically our kickoff to summer. We're going to have great deals in the shop on all the um, merchandise. We're going to have a kid's corner where we're teaching kids how to cast a fly rod and tie a fly. And then we uh, there'll be multiple giveaways of high-end merchandise. And there'll be food from most barbecue there. And it's just a really fun event, Terry. And We welcome anybody to come up to Evergreen, come check out the shop, and it's a fun way to spend a Saturday, and yeah, it's a a great day. Well, whether you buy something at one of your great sales or maybe win something, you might leave with some really nice equipment, including, I think you're giving away guide trips too, aren't you? We are. We're going to have a couple guide trips we're giving away. Uh, We're going to have a couple guide trips for children we're giving away, and uh, we'll have some class giveaways, and it's we just want to get a lot of people in fly fishing and help take down that barrier and um, and celebrate the great sport of fishing. You're right. Hey, we'll talk more about it in a minute. We'll remind you before we go. I want to get an update for you, but we got a text, and the texter wants to know: Can we fly fish for walleyes? Now I have my own answer, but have you ever tried that? I have multiple times, and it's a blast. It's fun doing it. Um, to that person, a great fly. And small little bait fish patterns and little leech patterns work really good on walleye. Yeah, and different times of the year, they're going to be more accessible than others. We're going to see these uh, at the two major reservoirs in town, Cherry Creek and Chatfield. Those fish are deep right now on the post-spawn, but they should start moving up on the structure where they'll be shallower, and you could get to them with a, a sinking tip or a sinking line. But some of the northern reservoirs, like Horsetooth and Boyd, those fish are just winding up the spawn, and those fish might be shallower. You could still even get them with a floating line. It's, it's a blast. I uh, And just like you said, the shallow fish, great for floating lines. 
Uh, when they're in those transition jo- zones, if it's a drop-off or shelf that you're fishing off of, a sink tip line is perfect for them. Yeah, and I would think that another place that I would try to this listener, I don't know where you live, but Bear Creek has um, sawguys in it. Sawguys tend to go shallower. They're the, they're a uh, hybrid of a walleye and a sauger, and they tend to go shallower and be a little more aggressive. So as we get on here, that probably would give you a better chance on a fly rod because uh, it's difficult, let's face it, to fish for a walleye that's down 20 feet with a fly rod. It can be done, but but if you're really just learning. But I think uh, talking about the walleyes, Chris, before we even go on to some of the other conditions, People overlook warm water fishing with a fly rod, don't they? They do. They do. You know, most people think fly fishing, they think trout. Well, yes, it's absolutely fun to catch trout. Bass, smallmouth, largemouth, walleyes, pike fishing with a fly rod. Um, there's, it's just another tool in your belt, and it's a fun way to chase those fish. And um, It's a challenge. It makes you get better as a fly angler, better casting. and um, There's just so many benefits, and it opens up the door to a lot more opportunities to fish, oh, not you're, just the same rivers. And um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, we got some runoff coming where you may need some other opportunities to fish because we could really get some runoff. And I'll tell you, I was out. I was actually using conventional gear, but I was out checking some ponds for panfish. I caught a bunch of big bluegills and crappies this week. I could easily have gotten those fish on a floating fly line. They were only about a foot and a half to two feet below the surface. And I was getting them on a little artificial leech. I could have just as easily had a leech pattern on on a floating line and probably actually covered the water and kept that that depth even better. That's exactly it. Exactly. It's just it's so much fun and so many chances out there, Terry. So tell us what you see what you are seeing going on in the rivers right now. Yeah, so we uh we're starting to see our flows come up a little bit. Um on the South Platte they've started to raise the flows out of Cheeseman this week. Um, and that's gonna be probably the story here for the next, you know, six, eight weeks, see what happens with this runoff. Um, but for you fly anglers out there and those get interested get in. It's a great time to fish. It's a great time. They're starting to eat a lot of worms on the rivers, a lot of San Juan worms. Um, again, leech pattern's been doing really well, and stonefly pattern's been doing really good, too. A lot of the bigger attractor flies really shine this time of year. And uh, we're starting to see those fish get really active. The water's warming up just a tad, and it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun out there. Oh, it really has. Uh, the, it's going to get better until the rivers get tough because they're flowing too high you can still fish the rivers when they're high but then you need to uh you need to be so careful and you really have to take a different approach that's a great time to turn to the lakes even for trout you betcha you betcha you can stay away from the high rivers and um you know stay safe and again in the great time to go expand your horizons go go fish those lakes that you've been curious about fishing well and i think Um, you you guys do a lot of float tube classes right at your shop, don't you? We do. We do. We try to do that. We have all the equipment for people. Um, again, just a way to learn how to fish lakes out of a float tube. And uh, there's little nuances out there that our class really helps people overcome the learning curve. Um, but again, another great chance just to get away from your staple rivers that you go to day in and day out. What, what, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes People Now, we've talked, you and I, in the past about the reluctance of anglers to fish still water because they, don't have to, they can't count on the current to locate the fish or make the presentation. But in a float tube, what, what do you think is some, maybe one or two of the biggest mistakes people make? 
Um, I'd say a big mistake. Um, you know, one thing is a lot of river anglers have experienced throwing flies in rivers, and they go to lakes, and the bugs at lakes, entomology is much larger than it is in river systems. And so I would say a big mistake we see is people throwing flies that aren't big enough. Um, and another mistake we see is people just, they go and let's say you catch a fish in a spot and becomes your favorite spot. We see a lot of people go to that spot over and over and over again. And they kind of put the blinders on for the rest of the lake they're fishing. And uh, I think if they, we see a lot of people do that. I think it pigeonholes them a little bit. And uh, I just, it, it hurts them as an angler in fact of not learning the entire lake. And as, as you know, the fish move throughout the year. Yeah, a lot of people fish too many memories. That's exactly it. Hey, let's, exactly. before we run out of time again, tell people about your event. Yeah, so um, this event, it's our shop right up in Evergreen. You know, it's about 25 minutes right up the hill from uh, Denver. We have um, said all those deals going on all day long. We're going to have open houses from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's all day. Come whenever you'd like. We're going to be doing giveaways every hour on the hour. We're going to have presentations from guys like Pat Dorsey and Landon Mayer up here. Um, and a great place to see big names in our industry and ask them personal questions right there face-to-face. And if they want more information, it's on your website. It is on our website at bluequillangler.com. Um, it's right on our homepage banner. They can click on it. We have a whole page on details. And if you want, call us at the shop if you have questions. Our number here is 303-674-4700. All right, my friend, we've got to let you go, but thanks for coming on, and we will talk to you again soon. Hey, hey, thank you, Terry. Appreciate it. You bet. That's uh, Chris Steinbeck from the Blue Quill Anglers. And by the looks of the people walking into the studio, I think the topic is going to change from fly fishing here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I heard there's something going on in the NFL next week. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's something. What is it, the draft? Is that what, what they call what, it? What's that? Yeah. Well, can't you just put a sweater on and get rid of that draft? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, by the way, because of you guys and the big draft programming we're having, mm-hmm. I'm going to miss a show next week, so oh. I'm going to have to go fishing. Oh, you you have to. I have to. So you I'll, have no choice. I, but I'll have you on. Yes. I'll, I'll be listening. Okay, that, so there you just, go. That's a good time for me to say a heads up that we will not have Terry Wicks from Outdoors next week, but we will return the week after. We're going to have a big uh, draft. You guys have a lot coming up. What's coming up for coverage of the draft here on The Fan? We'll be, as far as I know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, pretty much all day into the, uh, into the night. I'm not sure how late, but yeah. Wall-to-wall coverage for three straight days of the NFL draft. I'm sure you got lots to talk about. Does anybody have a what they feel is a pretty solid feeling, or is John going to surprise people? I don't think anybody knows what he's going to do, and that's that's the best way to have it going into it. So that's right. We're all ex- we're excited to see what he does. Hey, we're going to wrap things up here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, but there's a lot of sports coming up with uh, Orlando and John right here, and. Well, they'll be taking you till 1.30, I think, or something like that. But don't forget to go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And right now, a dear friend, an icon in the outdoor industry, is fighting a major brain tumor. We've posted his GoFundMe page there. He's been one of the most helpful, gregarious, great guys in the world. Go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and uh, maybe donate to his GoFundMe. And while you're there, scroll down and look at all the articles we've got. Join us not next week, but the week after at 10 o'clock for Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Yeah.